What is up, everyone? Before we get into today's podcast, wanted to talk to you about Slab Stocks grading. You heard it the last two weeks. You'll hear it again. Um, it is August 26th. I don't know which day you are listening to this, but today is August 26th, and uh, we still have the code. Um, if you go on to slabstocks.com slash grading, you can use the code NTL22. You send in five cards, you get one free. NTL222. That was three twos, right? You get send in 10 cards, you get two cards free. So every five cards you send in, you get a card for free. And um, you just add the number of free cards onto the end of the NTL 2 2. Um, that is good through August 30th or <coughs> August 31st. I don't know how many days are in August, but uh, it's good through the end of the month. So as long as you use that code on slabstocks.com, you can use that code and still send in the cards for the September 15th submission and you still get the discount code. It is good through August, so you don't need to cram to get your cards in, your Bowman Chrome cards in this moment. Um, and if you don't want to use that, but you still want your cards graded, slabstocks.com slash grading, um, $23 a card, the cheapest you are going to find for SGC grading anywhere. Um, with that, let's get into the rest of the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am your host, Nate. We are here with your co-host, Jimbo Reyes. How we doing? How we doing? And uh, we are here to talk big, big news. Massive, massive, massive news came out of the baseball world this morning. And no, it wasn't the Brewers magically catching the Padres or the Phillies for the wild card. It wasn't the uh, Tigers suddenly having a uh, 100 WRC plus hitting month or anywhere close to average. <laughs> that was a little shot at Jimbo. Sorry, Jimbo. That was, that was uncalled for. It's reality though. Unfortunately it's okay. It is reality. It is the Mariners, the young, the upstart, the exciting Mariners locking in the future of their team in Julio Rodriguez for 14 years and at least 210 million with uh reachable um escalators I guess you'd call or uh bonuses that can stretch it well over 400 million dollars over those 14 years um there's a couple avenues I want to go down here Jimbo should I just – I think I might just start asking you questions and we go from there and see what your answers are. Yeah. So I've got, I've, got a couple, I've got a couple questions. Number one, do you like this style of contract? So 14 years, $210 million. If he plays up to his – how he's been playing this year, I assume with some baked in like <clears throat> incremental increases year by year in talent level – that he will be able to get to the 400 million. Do you like contracts like this where it's like, Hey, you get this base amount. And then like the Brian Buxton contract, if you are really good, you're going to get rewarded. I, I love it. I, I, I love it in both. I like it for both sides too. Uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, if both sides are happy. Things will, will overall do better or do, you know, go well. Uh, so yeah, I do like it. And I like it because it's also showing, the the young guys and the minors too hey you don't have to wait till you know you're till after arbitration through all that to get paid we're going to invest in you early 
and I just I like everything about it. Me, me too. I uh, I agree. I love that the Mariners locked him up. I love that the Mariners shelled out the money. Um, I love that both sides were able to work to a creative deal where the Mariners are like, look, if you're merely really good, you'll probably get the lower end or good. And if you're really good, we're happy to pay you more and we still get you for those 14 years. So there's a little bit of security for Julio to keep playing well. And there's security for the Mariners where it's like, if he does kind of flame out, yeah, you're paying him, but you're not paying him as much. Um, One thing that always has me curious is as a Brewers fan, they don't have a huge payroll, you know? And so you kind of want to know, where your dollars are going. If you are a team without a big payroll and all of a sudden you have to lock in money that isn't guaranteed, but might be guaranteed. Does that make sense? Like you have a hundred million dollar payroll and Julio could either take up 20 million of it or 30 million of it. That's a pretty big swing where you're like, you just, if he has the year he had, if he has an extremely good year, you're just like, all right, we'll take the, we'll find the ten million somewhere to pay him because it's worth it. Um, that's the part that always confuses me. I don't know how teams work that into their budgets. Yeah, so that's interesting too. Um, I know I'm pretty sure it doesn't go against their cap. So if they go, if it goes, you know, it's it's a way around some of the you know the luxury tax for some of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do wonder how it is budgeted in. I think if they just you know, they probably have like a fringe budget where, you know, for all the bonuses that they have to factor in and probably, you know, they probably have analysts before the season, but like, Hey, Julio, there's a good chance that he's going to have a season like this or any of the players. And this is what their bonuses could be and factor that in somehow before the season. I know that they probably have some, some sort of way behind it, but it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they they must have to. You don't run an organization without knowing where the money's coming from. If somebody has a really good year, that being said, it, it's 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 more than my little brain can handle. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. So, cover question number one. Question number two. After we just watched Fernando Tatis and the Padres and their big extension, kind. Quote unquote go awry. Obviously, we're only in like year one right now, maybe years two. I don't know if it started last year or this year. Um, but they signed him to a huge extension. And maybe this is where the security <coughs> in the um Marinus extension came in, where um that whole thing is guaranteed. All three hundred some million dollars guaranteed over thirteen years, I believe, or something like that. Don't fact check me on that though, because I don't remember. And uh, you you watch him get injured instantaneously, riding a bike, riding a motorcycle, and then you watch him get popped for PEDs, and then you watch him really not take uh, the blame for the situation. And then his dad's coming out and saying ridiculous things and not taking blame for the situation. And it's just a really bad look for everyone involved. I'm kind of shocked. I know Julio Rodriguez from all accounts that I've heard is like uber, uber, uber nice. And not, I mean, not that Fernando Tatis isn't nice. You know, I just, you know, you, you see his on-field persona and he's, he's 
flamboyant. He's big personality. He can still be nice. I'm not trying to say that. Um, but they do seem like they have two different personalities where it doesn't seem like maybe Julio would be riding a motorcycle and not concerned about the contract he just signed or whatever. Um, that being said, are you kind of shocked that they went and signed a dude to a massive deal less than a month after watching a massive deal that the Padres just signed blow up? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I I don't know. You, you can't. That's where it goes down to. You got to know your players, too. And believe it or not, you know how we like things are guaranteed in contracts. There's also a lot of little things written in on not like uh, injuries, like non-baseball related activity injuries yeah. that they have. And they have a long list. Like I remember I remember one of the guys that I was with, they were like no paintballing because they saw him paintballing one time and they literally had it in his contract. So I was like, what? And like. They, they can get very specific. So, I, you know, obviously it's player, but, and you don't hear a lot of that because a lot of it's just written in, in, you know, a big old contract. Well, that's why but, they thought it was, <coughs> they might've been able to void the contract. Yeah. For Tatis. Now that would be wild. But even when they signed Tatis, though, like Tatis to that massive, like you're paying on top dollar. Plus, I don't know, like Julio, you're, you're, you're not you're you're paying them a lot of money, but you're still getting a discount on them, like what you think the market could be for a player like that. You know, it's yeah. like I think it averages out to like 15 a year, even at just at that 210 mark, um, or whatever it is from there. It's you're not paying them 30 mil. Um, so I don't know, there's a little difference there. I like I like the deal. Um, but even with Tatiso, I wasn't a fan of that deal even last year because you're paying them high dollar plus i mean that dude he's just a lot of injuries and then he you know and he didn't even play you know a a very very solid shortstop like he was a good shortstop but i mean a lot of errors and i don't know a lot of factors yeah um and it's it's good that you bring that up because that was a huge point to that contract is like people thought he was going to come back and play outfield i didn't because i didn't think he signs a 13-year deal to not be shortstop you know, he signed a 13 year deal to be the shortstop for the San Diego Padres <clears throat> moving forward. I don't think he has any control over where he plays now with the PED suspension and yeah. the injury in one year. It's like you're going to play here and you're going to deal with it, presumably. So I have a question for you going back back to this because oh, wait, never mind. I'll hold on to that. Actually, you know, what? yeah, I'll, I'll do the question. So one thing I love about this, I think it's great for fans because then they don't have an, any uncertainty on like who their franchise player could be. Like, like for the Lions, I was home with my dad. We we're talking about the Lions, Detroit Lions, different sport, but you know, same thing. It's like, what jersey do we buy and where? And I'm like, we don't really know who will be on the team next year. You know, like we have an idea, but going back to that, but if you see your team investing in a, a Julio or even going back to like a Miggy or, you know, your Acuna, you're buying that Jersey. That's your guy. You're getting more excited in it that year in and year out. That's your guy. So going back to that. So let's say Jackson Cheerio gets called up next year, um, has same kind of path like Julio and they give them the same deal. Are you happy or are you, would you, would you want them to do that deal or would you not want them to do that? deal? So I feel like that, that's a pretty good comp. That's a good question. I mean, I'd be ecstatic See? if we if we did that deal. Don't get me wrong. That being said, <clears throat> knowing the Brewers' small market, 
and knowing their budget constraints and knowing that as much as I like Mark Adonazio, I sometimes I wish that he would just sell to a much richer person. So that, I mean, Mark Adonazio is very rich, $700 million, but in baseball owner terms, he's dirt poor. Yeah. Which is insane. And um, it's just the, the Yelich contract. We have him for like seven more years after this. Huge money. We want to resign one of Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, presumably. That's going to be huge money, $30 million a year over probably five years. Can you afford <laughs> to sign Churio even if you wanted to? Yeah. But maybe that's the only way you can. Because let's say, you know, he comes off of his, you know, you're going to be, let's say he does what, what we all think he's going to do. Arbitration, you're paying him 20, 23, you know, high dollar anyways. And that that's the problem they're running into Josh Hader. Like yeah. you have six years of him but you're not going to pay him the last year because it's going to be so absurdly expensive. $17 million or so for a one inning pitcher. The Brewers can never, they just can't do that. No, not many teams can. No. So that that's where, that's where it becomes interesting at is, is stuff like that. Like, but if you look, go like, go back with the Rays, like even the, the guardians, uh, prior guardians, they, they used to do that. They did that with the Jan Gomes. They did that with a lot of, you know, smaller contracts where they weren't as as big, but they had them at least controllable because at least, you know, you know, you, you have a fixed cost rather than a variable cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look back at the Jackson Cheerio, maybe, you know, it is a lot of money. Can they afford it? But it might be the only way you can afford them longer than the two or three years or whatever it is. So I would just do just do what I do. And I will be the show before a guy even gets called up. 10 years. That's what I do. 20 million bucks, 2 million a year. Wander Franco, thank you for joining the club for 10 years. <laughs> I do the same thing. And it's so funny because these contracts are reminding me of LMB the show. They do that. Yeah. It's actually, I actually feel really bad doing that in LMB the show because it's very much cheating. Like I do my own franchise and then it's like I have every good player because I signed him super early and I'm like, all right, this game has gotten stupid. <laughs> but dude, that could be the league though before we know it. But it, it is it is you brought up that they're kind of doing that in real life and it is pretty crazy. Um <clears throat> back when Ryan Braun signed his extension, he was the biggest extension, 105 million over like eight years for a player between like one and two years of service time or something like that. Yeah. And now that record is just getting blown out of the water left, right, left, right, all over the place. I mean, Wander, huge extension, Julio, huge extension, Tatis, huge extension, Acuna, not a huge extension, but still an extension. And I I imagine a lot of these teams don't want to be the Nationals. Exactly. You, you don't want to get that top five pick, that once in a generational talent, and then watch him walk away after four years. Yeah. Because that, that, that's going to be also almost impossible to overcome from a Nationals fan standpoint. Like... <clears throat> You lose Bryce Harper stinks, but you have you have Juan Soto instantaneously. You have Trey Turner. You have some other guys. You lose Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and all those guys. You have Juan Soto. It's okay because you have Juan Soto. You lose Juan Soto and you have nothing to replace him. That's how you lose fans and they never come back. 
Exactly. Like those diehard fans, they'll be miserable with you forever. The um, <clears throat> and tough to say if there are diehard fans of the Nationals because it's not like they've been around a long time. Two thousand and three, two thousand five. So it's 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 a real tough scene, and I don't blame the the Mariners for being like, look, this is the best talent we've had since A Rod, since Ichiro, since you know whoever you Edgar Martinez, we're keeping keeping him here as long as we possibly can. Yeah, which only goes through his age thirty five season. If he's still good at that point, you know, if he's still good through age thirty five. That's a he can still earn a pretty penny, age 36, 37, 38. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great contract for both. Like, I really do. I think it's a great you're, you're taking a risk. But if you look at it long term, I really do like that deal. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it gives security to everyone involved. Yeah. One of those, one of those rare deals where Everyone has security. Um, all right, so question for you. You are the owner of Julio Rodriguez cards. Actually, I know you're the owner of Julio Rodriguez cards. This was going to be a hypothetical, but now it's a just a, a actual question. <clears throat> you own Julio Rodriguez cards. Are you more inclined to hold them long-term now, or are you still like, I'll move them when I want to move them? Um, both. I don't, that's tough because I'm such a, if I see something like where he has a tremendous month or something like next year at the all-star game, when, when it's in Seattle, like, yeah, if things, if he's having a killer first half, I'm absolutely selling an all-star, but I do believe in the long-term form too, because I love the aspect of one player for one team. Love that. And I think, I think fans really buy into that. Like Miggy, like I, I pull in like the, like a Miggy aspect. Miggy to me is, is the tiger, you know, like I, he is a tiger for life, even though he played for the Marlins for a little bit. Like it's different. If you know, like Pudge was, I was such a huge fan of Pudge, but he was with the Rangers Mar and then Marlins for a little bit, came to the Tigers, loved it. But now like, you know, like he went to the the nationals and then the, the Astros and then the Rangers, like at the end of the, his career kind of, I don't know, like, I was still a huge fan of him for his cars, but I just, as a fan, I, I don't know. I just, I kind of went away from it. Um, so, yeah, that's my long-winded, not direct answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, <clears throat> you know, personally, it's like, I really like the fact that he is a guy who's going to play for the same organization the entire career. That being said, and I know a lot of people are like, I would love to hold them this and that. After just having seen what happened to Tatis. And having just having seen uh, Mike Trout's back injury. And having seen what happened to Andrew Luck. I'm at the point where I think that no matter who it is, no matter how good they are and young they are, I just don't think I can hold. I think if I'm making money, I'll gladly move on to the next guy because... A guy like Jackson Churio was, for all intents and purposes, in the card market and nobody in March. He didn't have a card, but like he also wasn't on people's radar. He got on my radar when he started playing in the uh, complex league, and I saw some exit velocities. You know, just a mm -hmm. random tweet. If I missed that tweet, he wouldn't have been on my radar. Yeah. 
Um, and he came out of nowhere. And there's going to be a guy that comes, Ellie De La Cruz, not out of nowhere, but you know, you you know, he's jumped up a huge amount. And there's always going to be those guys that are the next and the next and the next and the next every single year as long as we have baseball. And so for me, it's like, yeah, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is a great talent. He's going to be in the Mariners for the for his entire career, hopefully, which I love. And yet, I think with what we've seen, anything can happen. Fernando Tatis, blue chip stock. Mike Trout, blue chip stock. They're no longer blue chippers. You know, you don't expect that to happen, and yet they're not. I mean, Mike Trout obviously still good, hit multiple home runs this last week, healthy again. But is he ever going to play 140 games in a season ever again? Probably not. You know, is he going to become a top five baseball player, top 10, top 15, top 20, top 25 of all time? Probably not. And so then it's like, is that guy worth spending huge million plus dollars on a super fractor or anything like that? Probably not. And so uh, for me, it's like, sure, I might not get top end dollar. I might not be sitting on a Hall of Famer um, long term, the best that ever was. But if I'm making money, I'm not taking on risk. Yeah. That's why I said it's hard. You know, there's so many things. Like if some, it doesn't matter who the player is. If they are crushing it and, you know, prices go out of the water, everything is, to, for, at least for in my mind, everything's for sale. Nothing's like an untouchable. Because yeah. uh, you can always buy it back. That's the biggest thing. Unless you're selling a super fractor. Unless, yeah. Or a red, probably. All right, uh, one last question, and because your th- questions had me thinking of your your Mig- Miguel Cabrera thing had me thinking of Riley Green because he's starting the year his year his career with the Tigers. Tigers could definitely do a deal like this. The question is, you know, <clears throat> the only guys that get these contracts are guys that start out their careers really well. Yeah, I am curious if. A team like the Tigers, you know, so it's almost detrimental to a team like the Tigers to have a Riley Green not start out so hot because then you're not getting that huge contract extension signed right away within within the first year, <clears throat> two years, maybe getting, sorry, maybe getting the best deal. So it's it's kind of funny where it's like the guys who start out really well get rewarded and also reward the team with long-term extensions the guys that don't start out really well, but I expect Riley Green to be really good in the future. It's a detriment to the team because, like, if he becomes really good, maybe not year two, but year three, and then he's worth a huge extension, <clears throat> you're either paying more or you're not getting it signed because he's that close to free agency. And then, and then, yeah. you know, it's like it, it stinks. Everyone involved. Well, that guy, it's also the, a lot of times the, the teams will, We'll push, like we'll we'll try and do a, a deal like that. But a lot of times the players are like, nah, because they know they're not performing well. So then they're thinking, hey, I know I'm better than this. Let's just wait until I'm hitting better, you know, playing better, and see if I can get more money by doing that. Um, but yeah, it is tough. It is tough. But you, uh, I would love to see a deal with Riley Grant now. Torque. Like some of these other guys, I'd, I would only want it for like, you know, you're up the middle, shortstop, second base, center field, 
That's about it. No first baseman. Catcher? Catcher, shorter deal. Because of the knees. We saw what yeah. happened to Joe Maurer. But, if, but you're like, if, you're a, if you're a hitting catcher like um, like Adley Rushman. Exactly. Yeah. You know, true. you you take him until he's 30 as a catcher, and then you just move him off to DH or first base, and he's still a good hitter, right? Yeah, which I would be fine with someone like that, but just maybe not a 14-year deal, maybe like an eight-year go from there. And I think they would rather have that too. Uh, catchers would probably be way more inclined to sign that deal because of the injury risk. But you, like you said, like a good hitter like that, like a Joe Maurer, dude, he played years after catching and was still dominant. And, um, but yeah, we haven't had a catcher like that in a long time. So it's, it's hard to even think about that. Yeah. I mean, catchers like that come around. Adley Rushman, I would say is Buster Posey was Joe Maurer was. Matt Weeders, Weeders. Salvador Perez, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Had some big home run years, but on base percentages weren't there. And yeah. So I don't know. Um, but the back to Julio, really interesting, super fun. Um, I don't have any update. It just happened this morning, so I don't have any update on prices. Maybe we'll swing back around next week and see where his prices have gone in a week since his extension. Um, but Shout out to Mariners fans. It's been a long time. 2001 is a long time since their last playoff experience, and they've had good players in there. But to have a good team, to be a young and exciting team, and to be signing your best young player to a huge extension, and you know he's going to be here till he's th- through his age 35 season, amazing. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. All right. Um, I want to end. I want to end the uh, day with one last thing here. It won't be too long of a podcast today. September call-ups. Um, Jimbo had this idea, and to be fair to everyone out there, I've been super busy this week, so I have not had the appropriate amount of time to do the baseball research I normally would. Um, so I don't have like every name of every guy that maybe would be a September call-up. But there is some things I've heard. You might be confused, especially if you're a Brewers fan and Sal Freelick is sitting there. You might be confused as to why September call-ups hasn't happened yet. For a guy to be eligible to be a rookie next year, they need to play less than 45 days or 45 games in the minors or in the majors. Um, I believe it was 45 days, but it could have been 45 games. So the other day, the 44-game or day mark was crossed. So you could call guys up. They could play this year and still be considered rookies next year. The reason that is important is because if you call a rookie up at the start of the year now and they perform well, you get a draft pick that year. And you can get a draft pick the next year and the next year for calling guys up instantaneously and having them play well, which is why you had a lot of teams calling guys up right away spencer torkelson now he didn't play well you're not going to get a draft pick for him but it's the you know it's it's the thought of the thought that counts and i applaud the tigers for doing it um and so teams that want that like the brewers i'm sure want to get those picks if they're calling up sal freelich and he's playing well the issue is is that there's also a 
plate appearances per game of like 3.33. If you average under that, you're not considered um, in those 45 games. You you know you won't be considered a rookie. But if you go over that, then you are. But or or um, I think it was plate appearances in a year. Yeah, That's probably I mean. what it was. And if you go over a certain amount, you're no longer considered a rookie next year. And it ended up being like 3.33 plate appearances per game that they could have. If you're the ninth place hitter, maybe you don't cross that mark. If you're the fourth, fifth place hitter, you're probably crossing the 3.33 mark. And so teams have to wait a little bit longer so that they can get that average number up into the four or five range, which is why September call-ups um, or <clears throat> quote-unquote September call-ups were close, but like, you get my point. Not necessarily a September call-up, but more of a, um, you know, those young kids that can help out. There's a reason these guys haven't been getting called up yet. It's disappointing as fans, especially as a Brewers fan who's one and a half games out of playoff contention, and you need a jolt of energy. Um, like, we need South Freelick up, and we needed him up like two weeks ago. But I, I also understand it, and if you're, if you're a team that's strapped for cash and needs every advantage they can get, What's an advantage you can get? Extra draft picks. Yeah. But so that I just thought of another thing is, you know, with, you know, the the rankings, you know, how a lot of the rankings uh, for prospects, the top 100, all that good stuff. With us hitting, getting into that threshold, now we kind of have an idea who's still going to be on that list next year and who's mm-hmm. not. So that's another thing, like, you know, your Gunnar Henderson, the Francisco Alvarez, like whoever's in the top five, top ten, probably are going to be in the top 10 coming into next year um, if, if they don't get hurt or have a horrible Arizona fall league. So keep that in mind too, with, uh, with uh, prospecting for going into next year. Yeah. And uh, real quick, before we end off, MLB pipeline just brought out their top 30 prospects from every, every team. And of course, as I do, I read through the entire Brewers thing word for word. It was very fun. Um, so many, second base center field type guys um, where it's like probably can't play shortstop, but he can slot over to second base and he's super athletic. He can play center field, just chock full of them and just a ton of <clears throat> ton of interesting guys all over the place that I am. I am very curious about because like if you can develop one and maybe that's a lot on Cheerio, but if you can develop one and you can have, some of the other guys, the Garrett Mitchells and the Sal Freelix and the um, Bryce Durangs and stuff, turn it around and have really good years. Not Sal Freelix, he didn't turn around, but Garrett Mitchell and, and uh, Bryce Durang did. Then it's like, maybe they're on to something. Maybe they finally cracked the code on how to develop a hitter. And if they finally crack the code along with being able to develop pitching, then I'm significantly more excited. And so then it's these random... 15 through 30 guys that have some talent that I'm like, you never know. Interested. You only need a couple. <clears throat> and, and every team has that. And is what I'm trying to say is like, go to your favorite team, read through them and maybe you'll get some ideas. Yeah. I do it all the time. You'll be shocked. That's how I found Colt Keith. I was like, I knew of Colt Keith. And then I was going like reading one by one to the top 30 last time they like beginning of the season before they updated it or when they updated it. I'm like, this guy had a phenomenal, like this guy might be something. So you never know. You might find someone. Yeah. I mean, I, they almost convinced me to start investing in Tyler black. 
I'm not going to because he doesn't have the power. But um, I, I like Tyler. Still interesting. I got a red of him. I forgot I had a red of him actually. He's big. You got you got a red of him? Yeah. You don't. I think I do. Um, he, he's big bodied uh, <clears throat> second baseman that you would, you would think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would think would be able to build into some power, but we'll see. But he's got an amazing hit tool. Well, that being said, Jimbo, I think it's time to uh, call an end on this week's podcast. I think next week maybe we dive a little bit deeper into those top 30s. Spend some time during the week reading them and then dive into them. Let's do it. I like it. Let's do it. I'm excited for that. I I love reading those. So it will be a a very fun podcast, and we have something planned ahead, which is good for us. Yeah. So uh, any last words, Jimbo? Nope. Just everyone have a great weekend, and uh, thank you guys for listening. And shoot us any questions that you guys have, if anyone has any questions. Of course. Um, At Jimbo Cards on Instagram, at Dinging Corners on Instagram, at Slabs Talks Nate on Instagram. Um, again, if you are looking to grade your cards and you want to get in on a very, really good deal, five, send five cards in, get one free, uh, unlimited amount, um, slabstocks.com slash grading. Um, and we already got the first submission back. It's looking really good. Uh, it's been, it's been incredible response this month. So, uh, uh, thank you everyone for who joined in. And if you want to send in your Bowman cards or your rookies, your Jackson Cheerios, you know where to go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening to us with us on this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you're listening. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Deuces.